Ben, could you actually do me a favor? Can you just mute when you're not speaking? Because there is like a wee bit of a buzz in the background. There's not. There's loads of hymns shuffling about in the bed. <laughs> it sounds like you're trying to have like a fucking danger wank or something. <laughs> yeah, please. Uh, we'll not put this out as a video, will we, Ben? It does. You know what? Do, 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 you ever see, do you know what you look like? Do you know that? I haven't seen it, but I've seen the clip. Do you know that Borat 2 film with Rudy Giuliani? That's what yeah. you look like right now. <laughs> and he still looks better. Than uh, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Uh, he's just laying in the bed with his fucking hand down his fucking bag. <laughs> I did have an operation like a day ago. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, was it a personality transplant? I fucking hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't afford one of those. <laughs> tell Dave's had a bevy oh I've had I have a load of fucking I've had about fucking five or six pints of Guinness and I'm going to have a bottle of wine five or six more up. after that performance oh I'm, I'm on a half day tomorrow so I give no fucks I'm logging off at a quarter past twelve not to be seen again till Monday so I give no fucks tonight but there you are right crack on whenever you're ready mate right we'll start um, it is a Spirit of 2016 podcast. It's cost about three Northern Ireland two. Uh, we're not going to keep you very long at all here, I don't think, um, unless we, we sort of get into a, a spiraling um, Ian Barraclough conversation, who we weren't going to mention tonight. And then it was sort of so bad that we, we kind of have to. And Andy Bellum joined by Ben Harshaw uh, in bed, which is not as uh, exciting or entertaining as you, as you would think. Um, joined it's by deep, Dave Dunn. concerning, probably, it's, it's, is the yeah, best it's, way to it's describe It's as concerning that. as you would think. Um, but it's probably going to be the, the best thing I've watched tonight. And uh, Dave Donnan as well, whose name on Zoom is currently Ian. And he's the nicest Ian I've looked at tonight as well. Um, Dave, David Healy said in punditry after the game uh, that there were small improvements. Did you see them tonight? I didn't have my microscope with me when I was watching the game, so probably weren't able to identify the small improvements. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of, I think probably the last 10 when we're pushing, we look like we're, we look like scoring a goal when we get it back. Well, you, you mean the 10 minutes were, or 20 minutes where Ian Barclough was sat in his hole and his uh, assistant manager was doing all the management thing? Yeah, well, I think I think at that point, he, he, at that point, he's throwing the kitchen sink and there isn't anything more that he can do. Like, mm-hmm. let's be honest, you know, um, and he's sitting there and he's keeping his fingers crossed and he's, he's, he's as, as Bon Jovi saying, he's living on a prayer. Um, but, yeah, for large parts of the game, absolutely outclassed, outplayed. Um they were really, they were very good. Yeah, and, they are, they're and, a good team, aren't they? And they're, they're a good, they are a good side. Technically, really, really good. Popped up all about really well. Um, created situations where the, where they were able to get in behind us. Um, caused us all kinds of problems. Um, and they're unlucky to go in two one up rather than two nil up at halftime. And you think, okay, maybe we can manufacture something from from the situation <laughs> then what six that? or seven six or seven minutes into the second half yeah. and it's three one and and the pretty much the game's dead and buried then isn't it um midfield is is yeah i, I don't even know where to begin I, I think i don't think the system works i don't think that formation works 
I think we're exposed in the midfield. I think we're exposed down the flanks and we get, I suppose it in my, in my mind, that system is designed to be able to provide you with width, to be able to provide you with um, wing back player or wing player or whatever it might be. Yeah, and then he plays two gonna... strikers on the wing, basically. Yeah, and whether that was the plan or not, I don't know. And I like, don't get me wrong, Lafferty's been a, a, a brilliant servant for Northern Ireland. He's he's an icon. He's a hero. He's a maybe some would call him a cult hero. I don't know, but. There is that status around him. I don't really want to see him on the pitch. The purpose of Barraclough coming in was supposed to evolve past that. But if you're going to put him on the pitch, you have to get wide and you have to deliver. And we didn't do that. Mm-hmm. So what's the point in having him there? So again, I, I don't see any real strategy. I don't see any anything tactical about what we're, what we're doing. And one thing that he has been relatively decent at is recently is is keeping us kind of solid at the back and like Davis is stupid. It's a stupid, stupid, stupid tackle for the penalty. I knew it was a penalty before he even made contact with him. You could just see it. And the second goal, Cross should never come in. Should never get in front of. Uh, should never get in front of the defender. And. You go 2 0 down in any game and, and you're fighting an uphill battle, and yeah, we're just not good enough. Just absolutely not good enough. Really, really poor. It's not good enough, Ben. It hasn't been good enough for quite a while. Dave mentions there that he felt the game was dead and buried at 3 1. Or you believe the game was dead and buried when Ian Barclough signed a two year contract. Uh, I think you'll probably agree <laughs> with me on that. The setup's quite weird. Dave mentions the, the lack of. Out and out wingers, if you're if you're playing Lafferty, I agree with that point. Another thing I thought was quite bizarre was kind of well, inverting the pyramid in the midfield is a really nerdy phrase to bring two kind of number sixes and one in front. But you would have thought it would have been Davis and McCann in front of the defense and then Savile further forward. Because if there's one thing Savile does do well, and let's face it, there is only one thing that Savile does do well. He leads the press, he wins second balls. Um, and if you're feeding off scraps, then you kind of want them there to, to kind of get in the way and use his strength and do that sort of thing. He does that. McCann has no impact apart from a couple of set pieces and then a couple of really bad set pieces. Um, Lavery can't really get in the game. The one time he does make an impact is when he finds himself in a central position, which is where he was, wasn't supposed to be, according to the Barclough selection. Um, McManaman did all right. We we looked we looked very much second best, didn't we? We are second best. They're they're a far far better team than us. Oh yeah, we were we were outclassed for seventy five minutes of that match without a doubt. Um, the, the thing that concerns me, it's not necessarily going. I mean, they're good. They're a good side. They're a good technical side. Um, so it's not necessarily going away and losing three two. It's the fact that we don't really have a plan. We don't really seem to know what we're going to do, and we don't seem to be able to use our players, as you just highlighted, with with the Savile, with the McCann. We don't seem to be able to use our players in the right way, in the right positions. You know, be it our... Well, I, I wouldn't even say, arguably, our, our best chance of scoring a goal is Shane Lavery, who has, who has you know, scored 10, 10, I believe, in the Championship, and he's playing on the right wing to accommodate somebody that hasn't scored since before the Good Friday Agreement was signed, and Kyle Lafferty. You know, we we really we need to have Shane Lavery through the middle, and do that if if you want to play Kyle, then play Shane often, play him with him. But 
you know, it just seems to be no plan, no progress. It's 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 worrying. Like it's just going one direction. Ben, I could even get behind playing Lavery wide if it was in a three. Say you had McGinnis as the central focal point and Lavery one side and somebody else the other, whether it's Washington or whoever it might be, or White, for example. But as a two, you expect that two, that big man, little man, as we've seen Barclough kind of go to, go back to, consistently go back to. But It really it, has brought Northern Ireland into the 21st century with that plan. Honestly, nice. honestly, man, like I just, I, don't, I honestly don't even know where to begin with it. It's it's just it's mental. If you've got two, if you if you play with a front two, Ben, you've, it's got to be, they've got to stay close together. They've got to work off one another. It's got to be very much a partnership, and it absolutely wasn't. No, the isolation between the two is is unbelievable, really. And 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 it, it was it it was in the other night as well when he brought him on, um, when he brought Shane on, and he he learned nothing from that as well. You know, Kyle Kyle will play better because Kyle was. To be fair, yeah, we did win flick-ons and stuff, but if he's flicking it on to absolutely nobody anywhere near him, what's the point? No, completely. Um, I think he was trying to do a sort of a, a three up there with McMenamin on the left. McMenamin ended up getting getting pulled so far back because we we just so much pressure against us in the end tonight that it kind of became a 4-4-2 and Davis ended up on the right and um, you know, Savile was almost the number six at times, which is just like all extremely bizarre um thought thompson did all right when he came on we'll maybe talk about a couple of positives <laughs> dave's just really eyes dave really loves dave, uh, jordan thompson by the way it's just, it's a jordan thing with you dave isn't it you, jordan jones and jordan thompson and jordan generally just kitty price yeah just throw her in there as well why not with enough tips in the team man <laughs> <laughs> not bad well then ben get in um Right, yeah, what should we talk about? We can almost go to comments and wrap it up now. Um, Dave, I suppose there I've had a quick flick through the Twitter there, and there are a couple of people saying, you know, do you really expect us to be Kosovo away? They're a good team. Look at the, the, the players they're um their guys are playing for. And there's no doubt about it, Kosovo were the favourites for tonight's match, no matter who the Northern Ireland manager is in the dugout. But it's in the context of what we've seen for the best part of the last two years, year and a half under Ian Barclough. It's in the context of going to Cyprus and barely creating a chance. It's in the context of looking very much second best at home to Greece, which again they're favourites for. But at Windsor Park, you know, we didn't even there wasn't even a much of an atmosphere there at Windsor Park that night. It's it's become so dull and so dreary the football that we're playing and and the, the lack of a plan that even we're not even able to use that to our advantage. And that's never been the case for Northern Ireland unless it's in a a real real lull. And um, we are in a real lull. Um, and people might might think about the negativity of this podcast and say it's ridiculous that we're expecting Northern Ireland to beat Kosovo. We're not, but it's another performance in the context of many other performances. Uh, and this isn't luck. This isn't like we're creating chances and the keepers having worldies and, you know, people are missing sitters apart from at the end, which is, was the case in the Nations League under Michael O'Neill. This is, we're getting exactly what we deserve week on week on week and something has to change. Yeah, I think under, under this manager's tenure, Early on, it looked like there was progress being made. It looked like potentially there was a strategy that was trying to be instilled into that group of players. But I feel like now we're going backwards. I feel like what he's doing isn't working. And this persistence with the three at the back, we're getting exposed on the flanks, which was very, very um, obvious for the second goal that they scored 
we're not getting any benefit from the width that those wing backs, if that's what you're calling them these days, are supposed to provide. And the midfield looks terribly, terribly exposed, like really, really exposed. Every time I watch us play, there's so much room in the middle of the pitch for the opposition. And that really played into this team's hands. Is that because we're so deep, Dave? Is that because the defence is so deep and there's such a space in between midfield and and or sorry, the, the strikers in defence and the midfield have just far too much room for a 37-year-old Steve Davis to cover? Possibly. Possibly it's it's not enough intelligent coaching around how you position, how you cut off passing lanes, when you press, when the trigger is. I like I don't know. I'm not a coach. I don't have my UEFA B license or anything like that, but I think there's a massive gap between the front players and the midfield. The midfield become this, it's like a three three, a narrow three three, and then these two lads out out the sides that are just like running around just trying to do what they can to try and yeah. stop the ball and stop across and um, I think positionally, tactically, positionally, I think we're really poor. I think that's that's what I can take away from watching us play at the minute without the ball. Yeah, Ben, I felt it was it was probably supposed to be more of a four three three than a three five two. But like Dave's saying, you know, you've got a very narrow midfield there. It's always been a narrow midfield. The Davis McCann Savile um, set up, even when McNair's there, it's 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 quite narrow as well. Only really when we play Thompson do we get any sort of width in the midfield. If Kieran Brown was supposed to be at left back, well, he's naturally going to drift into the centre himself. And as I say, um, with with the amount of possession and the amount of ball that Kosovo had, McManaman was always going to have to drop a little bit deeper. And, and Lavery kind of forms more of a two. So even if they were told to go out there and play 4-3-3, they end up doing 3-5-2 for most of the game anyway. Because to be fair, that's what they've supposedly worked on. And that's what Ian Barclough set his stall out for the last two years of doing. And as I mentioned this in the last podcast, Michael O'Neill, trained with both formations. He flitted between both formations, depending on, you know, what, what game called for. It was horses for courses. I think at times Michael O'Neill tried to get his three Premier League centre halves in the team with Cathcart, McCauley and Evans, and that played into it. But it feels as though Barclough's been 3-5-2, 3-5-2, 3 right the way through. This is what we're doing. This is what I'm doing. This is our identity. Oh, no. That's one bad performance too many. Now we're going to go to four at the back. And when the manager's lost that much confidence in his own plan then it's it's only really really going one way isn't it yeah i mean it's very much clutching the straws really at that point um i, I think i think there needs to be more flexibility um but it, it, it's it's the fact that it was ingrained for so long this is how we're playing this is what we're going to do this is what we're going to do it now looks anytime he even tries to change it that it's such a reaction it's such a panic it's a lack of belief um you know which which then moves on to the players um and, and and obviously to the fans i mean just just to touch on what you were saying before you know how people you know write in the comments and stuff and say you know why do we think we should be beating this why do we think we should be beating that i i, I didn't i didn't really i honestly would have expected us potentially to lose this tonight um i, I think they are a better team you know and, and they're certainly in a better place than us but it's more about what we're not seeing from us it's not necessarily the result as such it's the lack of organization you know it's the lack of um you know seeing where we're going and what direction we're heading in and and, and being able to pick up on oh well at least we can take that from it at least we can move on to this you know and i'm basing it upon you know that was probably the the better of the three performances just about against what from what I saw, anyway, they they looked a better team than Greece um, on, on tonight. But um, 
but it's the fact that there, there's no doubt about it. I know, I know, three three two flattered us. I mean, they 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 could have gone up the gears if they really needed to um, d- during that second half in particular. You know, it's it's not necessarily about the result. It's just about where are we going. Andy, just like we're all always emotional after a game, right? We're always looking at it in the cold light of day, which is fine. But you know, if if you want to just take a step back and, and look at the overall situation, the last game before these three I was at was the Hungary game. And Hungary are a good side. They just beat England the other week. Mm-hmm. And aside from a mental Niall McGinn back pass and some kind of crazy luck at their end of uh, in their goal mouth, we don't come away. We we come away from that game with the defeat. Yeah, and we pretty should... much the same hungry team that started that day and started against England, by the way. You know, they're a good, good side and probably a better side than people give them credit for. And we should have won that game bar some shite finishing. I can't say that, can I? Yeah, you can. Re- okay, right, great. <laughs> My mum's just off now. <laughs> Hi, Mrs. Bell. Um, <laughs> and um, just a, a, a really careless piece of play from now again. And do we give this result and these results a little bit more leniency in how we view them, given the players that are missing and given the squad that we have at the minute? And I don't know. Do we write this off and say, do you know what, Ian? We've seen there's potentially progress there. Do we wait and see what you can do when you've got a fully fit squad? It's a difficult one. I mean... (sighs) I think the players that are missing is a little bit overstated. Now, don't get me wrong. Lewis and Ferguson being out of the size of big blow. They are the first two, the first choice to left wing backs for that team. We've had to play Paddy Lane. There's very little experience. We've had to play Kieran Brown there. He's sort of playing left back tonight. Who you don't want to be there at all. But when you actually think about what our best team is, I would say, you know, obviously I have this sort of thing with Cathcart. I would say it's Peacock, Farrell, Ballard, Johnny Evans, and McNair. We've got all those four available. We've got Davis, McCann, who's definitely on our best team, available. Obviously, Dallas is in there somewhere. Okay, that's a blue. Um, at wing back, depending where you're playing Dallas, I mean, you've still got Savlin Thompson available if you're playing Dallas at right wing back. You've got Connor Bradley available, who's probably going to be there if you're not playing Dallas at, at right wing back. And then up front, it's for me, it's Shane Lavery and one, and one other. And we've had Shane Lavery available for all three of these games. So I understand that they're after a long, hard season. I understand that it's a quadruple header fixtures, and that's not easy. Uh, I, I know everyone's had a long, hard season, Ben. I, I could see you. You're ready to chime in with that. No, absolutely. He is right, though. It's 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 yeah. not exclusive to Northern Ireland players that everybody's playing completely. a lot of football. Yeah, completely. Yeah. So I think from that perspective, that that that's where I struggle with it a little bit. Like there's the players that are out, the likes of Connor Hazard, Josh McGuinness. Yeah, probably we could use him. Definitely, he would have he would have got games in this time. But it doesn't excuse these three performances because I think we need to if the, put it this way, if the plan for breaking down teams that are our level or slightly worse than us or slightly better than us when they sit in tight and when they have got a goal involves Josh McGuinness at 31 years old, then we're probably in a little bit of trouble anyway. We need to start evolving past that. I think he would need to start evolving past a lot of these players that are out anyway, if that makes sense. I don't know if, what you think about that, Ben. I think I think if we were still in League B playing your Norways and all that, then I would totally I would totally buy that. But I mean, I know Kosovo are decent enough. Um, I, I think that Greece team were below average at best, 
and and Cyprus. I mean, without the players that we've mentioned, don't get me wrong. I think Dallas is the only real absolute. You know, makes a massive difference to us. That, that isn't well, available. Mentioned the East. He's somebody who I yeah. is probably on our strongest team, but it's it's two players out. I'm so you're gonna have to. You're two, but you're should gonna... we should we be beating Cyprus without those players? Absolutely. I mean, absolutely, without a shadow. And it's not only that we didn't beat Cyprus. I mean, Cyprus were the better team and 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 had better chances. You know, and and that's got nothing to do with whether those players aren't there. You know, I know Cathcart was a Premier League player and stuff, but to me. I would wonder if Ballard's ahead of him now at this stage. Yeah, I would say 100%. Um, let's see. Dave, a couple of positives. I think in terms of the the breaking out from the back and building up play, I was quite impressed with Daniel Ballard tonight. I thought his striding out with the ball was quite impressive. Sometimes when a team's sitting in and they're tight and they're structured, and let's be honest, the blueprint has been very much set for how to play against this Northern Ireland team. If you're of the level of a Greece, a Cyprus, or a Kosovo, it's sit in tight and we'll make a mistake. Um, and sometimes you need something a little bit different. The long balls weren't working. The passing through the midfield isn't working because we don't, we don't have technically good enough players. Um, and Ballard's striding out with us, added a, a, an extra string to a bow tonight. And hopefully we can see a bit more of that going forward. Yeah, just to start on a negative and move to a positive, we just are we're just, we're just far too easy to play against. We're just far too easy to play against. We're predictable, um, tactical initiatives. And we've seen him try this with McNair, with the Ballard thing, where, you know, it is the, what's he called? Your man who was at um, Sheffield United. I know who you mean. O'Connell or something? I, yeah. No, I, whatever. The, the manager. What did you call uh, him? Chris Wilder, yeah. Uh, the Chris Wilder overlapping centre half thing. And he's tried that with McNair. It's been... It, <laughs> with anybody what do you do, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it, it worked. Ballard is Ballard is top end in compared to the quality that we have. He's, he's absolutely top end. He's, yeah. he's top. He's top four or five. He's brilliant, isn't he? Um, quality players in our squad, and like I'll, I'll put Jamal Lewis up there as well because no matter what you think about Jamal Lewis, he's He's head and shoulders above some of the players that are getting capped for us oh, at the no minute. Doubt. No doubt about that. You know, so Ballard, yes, real, real um, promise shown from him. Great header he scores. Um, he gets on the end of a couple of corners in the first half as well that maybe he should do better with. But yeah, it, it's not often you see a player who is like that big. Like he's a big built lad. Like he, he could almost. He could almost play rugby. He could almost be like a, he could be a flanker. Do you know yeah. what I mean? He could be a number eight or something. Um, and he's strong and he's dominant in the air, but he's not bad with the ball to feet either. So yeah, there, there, there is something there. And, and that is something that we can, I'm just going to be like team Barraclough for the crack, right? That's something that he has done really well as he's introduced to like the Ballard into the squad. He's found a way to get him into his side, and obviously the back three lends itself to that. And he played; he's playing in the back three, I think, at Millwall all last year as well. Yeah, so that less. helps too, more or less. Yeah, so that helps as well. And obviously on the right hand side with Evans beside him, that that's also great. So, yeah, there's there player wise and squad wise, there's there's definitely positives, and he is, you know, right up at the top of that list. Absolutely, he is Ben. Um, Dave mentions there Ballard's 
ability from set pieces. I thought the set pieces were slightly better tonight. Um, they actually found Northern Irish heads for the, the first time, and it feels like about five years, even under Michael O'Neill, the set pieces went downhill towards the end. Ali McCann's on the me as one stinker from a free kick. Um, then obviously Thompson comes on. If there's one thing Thompson does have, it's a decent set piece delivery. It seemed like it was something they'd worked on, but it wouldn't surprise me if that's the first time we've worked on them under Barraclough, to be honest. Yeah, I actually thought Thompson in general did do well when he came on. And to be honest, I'd almost given up hope on him. Um, his last few performances haven't been good. But yeah, um, yes, Dave, Dave's looking very pleased there with that. Um, but no, I thought I thought he did do well. His ball in was very good, but it you know it, it also takes it takes Ballard to be brave and attack that really well. And Ballard, I mean Ballard, it was my man of the match in the Greece uh, game, and he was my man of the match tonight for us as well. Um, you know, and he, he's growing and growing. And, and to be fair to the manager, he did bring him in. But how long? The only thing I would say is people keep saying this. You know, he's brought him in and well done. How long can he live on the back of that though? You know, he's brought him in. How many games has he played for us now? You know, quite a considerable amount, um, and the manager still living off the back of the fact that he brought him in. You know, he's got to now start getting results. What's it? Six wins in twenty-five. At the end of the day, anyone it doesn't take any mathematic or ability, um, managerial ability to to bring players through, does it? You know, it 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 just takes maybe a little bit of bravery and a bit of courage. Um, you know, I, I could go in and I could I could play the players, and he does deserve credit for it because he, you know, he, Ballard. Nobody knew who he was when he made his debut, and now he's become a fully fledged international. But at the end of the day, he plays for Millwall, top end of the championship, probably one of the better defenders in the championship. No matter who was in charge, he'd be getting a game by this point. Um, I think, Dave McManaman, I've already seen on Twitter a bit of um, debate over whether he played well tonight. I think he played well just because he was something a little bit different. He's unconventional, I think. You know, he does some things as a winger, which you don't really see any other wingers do. Um, he's not afraid to take a risk. He's courageous. He puts some terrible balls in on Sunday, but he puts some good balls in on Sunday. And I think we need a little bit more than that rather than, you know, I'd rather three terrible balls and three good balls than six average balls, which is, which is you know, what, what, what we've been seeing for quite a while. Um, I thought he did all right. I thought he did well. Um, and I thought he justified his selection. But I think, as you were saying in the pre-pod, when a 26-year-old Irish League player, no disrespect to the Irish League, but on the international stage, when we've got players playing Premier League Championship, Scottish Premier League, if that's your best player on the night, then there's something wrong, isn't there? Yeah, I think that's absolutely fair. Probably because I said it before. So that would say, <laughs> I would say it is fair. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, um, it's it's an indictment on the it's an indictment on the team and the performance that he's one of your better players because yeah. he is a he's a twenty six year old lad who plays in the Irish League and I, like he do, like he does do well. It's sometimes difficult to assess a player's performance when they're playing in a team that plays that badly and are that dominated, where he had a little bit of space and he was able to exploit it and he is direct and. He should probably score. I think he's unlucky with one, should do better with, with another. I think there's one that's a really, really good block um, where he, he could well have scored the equaliser, but he gets in good positions. And I think that the best thing that you can say about him, and this is probably damning him with fame praise, but he's constantly involved. You know, he's constantly involved throughout, throughout the game. And yet, r- realistically, 
probably are better phases of play and are are more positive aspects at the front end of the pitch. He's involved in all of them. Now, I don't know what that says about the rest of the team, but he hasn't done himself any harm after that game, you know. But yeah, it's, it's, it's just like, you shouldn't be saying that. He should be the worst player in the pitch, really, shouldn't he? Yeah, he should. Um, anything you want to talk about other than that, Dave? Because this is the last time I'm going to come to you. <sighs> just, just that I think you're right. You know, I think Barraclough has brought in to do a specific job. Um, He's almost and, done it now, hasn't he? And if he doesn't have it... I think that's it. And that's exactly my point. He has done that. He has integrated these players. He has bridged that gap between the under-21s and, and, and the first-team squad. Um, and I think we're kind of in a position now where it's, it's a bit... It's a bit UK government, isn't it? It's a bit Tory party at the minute. It's like... Bit very we'll Middle get, England, isn't it? Yeah, we'll not get rid of Johnson because there's no real kind of natural successor to that. No matter how bad a job he's doing. We don't really know who to give the job to next, so we'll just keep him. And that kind of feels what it's like at the minute. He's going to need to do something seriously impressive. Next game has to be a win for him. And then moving into the following qualifiers and in, in decent leagues game, there has to be there has to be tangible improvement both in results and performance, but more so results. He will not have the excuse of the injuries and the, the players out in this next international break. So I think the next international break was really going to be a watershed moment for him. Yeah. Next time you come on Zoom, Dave, uh, don't make your name Ian, make your name uh, Nadine Dorries, I think, for that, uh, for that speech, <laughs> for that defence of, of Boris and Ian. Um, ben, yeah, final words. We'll probably do a bit of Barclough chat on Sunday. Um, anything else positive you find from tonight? Um, Spencer, Spencer did all right. Um, obviously, he made, made that one mistake, but, you know, he's a young player. That'll happen. Um, I thought Kieran Brown again was decent. Um, and the only other positive change was Ian Dye coming in for Craigan. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was Barclough's best change. That was night. great. <laughs> that was super. Really enjoyed Dye tonight. Uh, there was something he said that was really funny that I meant to, to say. I can't remember what it was, but it was really, it was just pure die. I enjoyed die as well, but it meant we had to listen to Craig for longer, didn't it? In the, in the background. Um, yeah, it's true. Yeah. I want to hear the comments. I want to hear what the people have to say. <laughs> I was also going to do the comments. Uh, how, long have we, how long have we done here? About five seconds, probably. Five hours, it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere in between the two, you take the main median or something. Uh, comments, Dave. Oh, I have to go into work. I love tomorrow. the comments, man. I love them. I'll scroll down because that'll get us some comments that we don't normally read out. Okay, James Adair. I'm strangely kind of happy that we didn't get anything from the game because we need to change sooner rather than later. It's clear he's out of his depth. Yeah, we, we were saying that before. I was almost. I like, said that, yeah. We nearly wanted us to lose like 4 0 as opposed to this flattering to deceive 3 2. When we pressed for an equaliser at the end. Oh. You know, I actually said to Pete before the game, we were talking about it, um, I said they might actually rather lose three, like a 3-2 than, than draw 0-0, because uh, at least then would have created chances. Nope. Um, I'll, I'll have the 0-0 next time, please. 0-0 um, on Sunday, please, Ian. You're good at those. 
Um, yeah, it, it would have papered over cracks or cling filmed over the Grand Canyon, as I think I tweeted. Um, it was that bad. You and Glass, Shay Charles added so much, and Spencer will be excellent at the time, but I'm sick of groping in the dark for positives. The right, uh, the right now of this, uh, the right now of this is shit. Sorry, that made perfect sense to you, and I'm just a bit stupid. Uh, <laughs> Barra best, question mark, crap, SOS, shit or shite. Um, Ross McKenzie says shite. Phillips I like says, shite better. I don't know, shit or shite, Ben? What's your, I feel like, Let's just call shite's it Ian. More <laughs> yeah. Shite's more fun to say. Shite's a better one, like. You, you, can, you can put more anger on the shite, can't you? Yeah, you, know, you can elongate absolutely. it a bit more. Um, that makes no sense, nor does Baraclough. Hope he's not talking about the podcast. Mr. Thomas says, just not good enough. We'll be in League D very soon until we change things. Only positive with Brody Spencer, that's it. Should we go Facebook? Do you want Facebook yeah. comments, Dave? Yeah, really? absolutely. Even you're not on Facebook? No, I don't know. I don't know, but I want to hear what they do. This is why I don't. I never see this. I never see what's on Facebook. Okay, here's your insight into the 21st century, Dave. Stephen McNeil says we are currently on a par with Malta, Gibraltar, and Cyprus. Times up for Baraclough. Harsh. That's on unfair. Way. That's unfair in those countries, like. <laughs> no, that's not unfair in Cyprus. We drew with them. <laughs> Cyprus must be brutal. Uh, no, Imagine no. how raging Cyprus are now that they, they drew nil nil at home with us. They'll be furious. <laughs> <laughs> Noel Keenan, does Barclough know what he's doing? Do you know what it's like, actually? It, it was like, remember when we beat Greece away at the start of the Euro 2016 qualifiers and we thought that's the best result we've had in about 10 years? And then they went and, and got beat twice by the Faroe Islands and I think finished bottom of the group. <laughs> With Claudio Ranieri last about three games, I think. Yeah, that, that's probably what Cyprus feel like right now. Um, absolutely no progress being made, Paris. I can't be bothered doing these days. Can, can I stop there? Uh, fair enough. We've all said right. it all. Yeah. Um, Bring back Sammy McElroy. <laughs> Bring back Nigel Worthington. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> but listen, we, like, we're literally in those realms now. I think now, I think it, it might have been after the last game. But I think literally he has the worst win percentage as a Northern Ireland manager in the history of the country. Even I'm the wins. Sure. Have you seen who the wins are against apart from Bosnia? Oh, which he was still riding off Michael's back from Malta, Luxembourg, Estonia. Estonia, Lithuania. Yeah. And half of those are friendlies as well. And Bosnia's not even a win. To be no, fair, Bosnia's I can't. Not a win. I can't, I can't go down that route because I, at the start, when I was all up in Barclough's arse, I was saying like that was an agenda for people were trying to make and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, penalty win. Probably riding off Michael's tactics as well at that point. Um, nothing seems to have evolved that much from then. The personnel, yes, but the tactics, no, and the performances, no. So um, hope that cheered yeah. you up. Nice one for you. <laughs> so anybody who's, been, anybody who's done like really well in football manager in the last like two or three years, just start firing the CVs into the IFA. <laughs> Indeed. Um, cheap options. Cheap options. We'll need them if we're going to sack Barraclough um, because it'll be quite a big payoff. But we'll do that. We'll do that on Sunday. Will we? Give me to Sunday before we do actual financial Barraclough talk. Um, thanks, Dave. Thanks, Ben. I've been Andy Bell. Post-match podcast. Um, that definitely hasn't cheered you up. Bye-bye.